Hi everyone, welcome once again to Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. Colin Paul and the Persuaders were formed in the summer of 1995. As well as being a great rock and roll outfit, they are also well established as a fitting tribute act to Elvis Presley and Billy Fury in a show called A Tale of Two Kings. Colin's career has taken him and the Persuaders to Greece, Spain, Germany, as well as many more European countries. And of course, since 2001, Colin has been walking in the footsteps of Elvis in Memphis. His sellout shows in Elvis's hometown speak for themselves. I'm delighted to say that Colin joins me on the line now from Memphis, where he is appearing as part of Elvis's birthday celebrations. Hi, Colin. Welcome to Elvis, the Ultimate Fan Channel. Hi, Steve. This is a first, isn't it? Thanks for having me. Yeah, well, it's my pleasure. Now, me and you have spoken many times on social media and things like that, but this is the first time that we've actually spoken voice to voice, isn't it? Isn't it just? Yeah, yeah, and it's great. Thank you. Again, another um, reason or another example of Elvis bringing fans together. Ain't that the truth? You know, I always say this, you know, a lot of people say to me all the time, you know, what's the best thing about your job? And it's meeting Elvis fans and talking to Elvis fans all over the world. It's, it's amazing. It truly is the power of Breslin. As you probably know, because you're a great supporter of uh, Elvis, the Ultimate Fan Channel, and I thank you very much for that. Uh, we call ourselves the Elvis family. There you go. You couldn't get it better than that, could you? Yeah, yeah. And we, I, I know we're probably biased as well, but we always say Elvis fans are the best fans in the world. Ain't that the truth? I've lived a long time, my friend, and I, I, know, I know the truth when I see it. So, yeah, I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Would you like to tell us a little bit about yourself, Colin Paul and the Persuaders and so forth? Just give us a little potted history, first of all, before we dive into the Elvis stuff. Yeah, well, I started my band, The Persuaders, way back in 1995. So, actually, next year it's our 30th anniversary. So, we're going to do a, a big tour next year. And also, we're going to bring back a show that was quite successful uh, several years ago, which is a, a show called... Tale of Two Kings, which basically is the first half is songs all about Billy Fury, and the second half is obviously Elvis songs. Now, the unique thing about this show is, you know, I've, I've been taking it around theatres in the past, and every single show sold out mm. just by mentioning these two guys. And you know what? Without a jumpsuit in sight, so it just proves that it can be done, you know? Yeah, because you're not really an Elvis um, impersonator, are you? No, 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 no. What would you, well, you, you class uh, yourself as? An entertainer, an Elvis fan, a massive Elvis fan first and foremost, and an entertainer who doesn't only just perform Elvis songs, but songs by other rock and roll greats of the time, namely Eddie Cochran. I loved Ed Eddie Cochran. I loved Billy Fury, our own British king of rock and roll, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, I I'm lucky enough to have been coming to Memphis since the year 2000. And, again, I've earned the respect by not putting a jumpsuit on. I'm not saying it's a bad thing. If people want to do that and you're into that, then, you know, good luck. It's something that I've never been into. I must admit, I dyed my hair jet black once and because I've got a pale complexion, everybody thought I was ill, so that was enough of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and that's the truth. Yeah. So by the magic of the internet, I am actually speaking to you from, where are you at the moment? I'm at the guest house. I'm in my room at the guest house at Graceland at the moment. Okay, all right. And why are you over there this weekend? Obviously, Elvis's birthday, but you're obviously doing stuff while you're over there. Yeah, but it, go, it goes back to... There's two reasons I'm here, really. It goes back to what I've just been saying about my career, and without Elvis, I wouldn't have the career that I have. Um, so I'm here, first and foremost, to say thank you to Elvis, as always. And the first thing I do, I don't know if you saw my Facebook post this morning, is I get a photograph taken 
you can looking down at the grave and I just say those two words, thank you. But the other reason I have um, a couple of shows here at Marlowe's, which is a place I love as well. So I'm very lucky to be able to combine both. What dates are those? Um, Friday the seventh. Uh, no, sorry, Friday the 5th and Sunday the 7th. Right. And obviously, the, the day this is going out is obviously uh, today. Yeah. News broke actually Thursday morning about Elvis Evolution. It's an immersive show using AI, which we believe is going to be a hologram of Elvis, and it's going to open in London in November 2024. What's, what's your reaction to that? How do you feel about that, uh, Colin? To be honest with you, I'm quite excited about it because there's a lot of talk of it being based around the other show that's currently on in London, and that is spectacular. It really is. Mm-hmm. And if it's, anything, if it's anything like that, then it's going to be special. I hope it is. Um, you know, there's obviously that fear that it's going to be tacky and everything like that. But from what I saw on Thursday with all the, the hype and everything around it, I reckon you know it could be something quite special. Yeah, I mean, I know some people are saying, you know, that it's it's messing with Elvis's memory and, you know, it should just be Elvis himself up on the screen. But as you say, if it's done right and it's done tastefully, then it can only be a good thing. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was watching the TV on Thursday with all, you know, a lot of the impersonators were on and uh, talking about it. And uh, I, I guess a few of them were worried because, if I mean, if this is special and a lot of these guys are going to be out of business, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying there's never going to be any room for, for the ETAs, let's, let, let's say. They, they like to call themselves ETAs these days. Yeah. I'm not saying there's no room for them because there obviously is. Um, but um, I think... Um, like I say, if this is done tactfully and it could be really, really special and something that not only the fans but the general public would want to flock to see. I'm excited about it and I've already uh, booked my place. Well, I haven't booked my place. I've registered my interest because I think there was a little link that you could click on and you enter. Oh, really? Yeah, you can can enter a wait list. So I uh, immediately clicked on that and I will be updated for, because they haven't actually said, they've just said that a a London venue, they haven't, it said Las Vegas, uh, Berlin, I believe, uh, Tokyo and London. It's opening in London, but they haven't actually said where it's going to be in London, just central London. London. Uh, any ideas where it might be? I'm wondering. No, I haven't a clue to be honest. But I haven't a clue, but I'm really pleased that it is opening in London because that just says something about for the British fans. I mean, we've always kept Elvis at the top. Any albums that have come out, whether it's um, the Philharmonic albums or whatever, you know, they've gone straight into the top ten or even the top of the charts. And uh, it's nice that uh, either Sony Records or the Elvis Presley Estate recognise the fact that Elvis will always be king in the UK as well as anywhere else, and uh, it's not for them to put UK first. It's almost like a, a nod in recognition that, yes, he should have come to England, you know, he should have done a world tour, and he's going to open in London with this uh, hologram. So I, I think that's probably what it is. It's almost like a, an admission that, yeah, <laughs> we, we know that Elvis should have travelled the world. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I agree, Steve. Yeah. Now, let me ask you about uh, Glenn D. Harden. You actually uh, appear with Glenn, don't you, during the year? Um, I will be this October in Denmark at uh, Grayson Randers. Yeah, I was asked would I do a special show with Glenn and would I um, work on the songs with him that he actually scored for Elvis. 
Um, so I've said, yeah, it'd be, it'd be an absolute honour. So uh, I'm really looking forward to that. Oh, so, so this is the first time you haven't you haven't played with Glenn before. No, I've met him several times. Um, you know, we, we've spoken several times in Memphis and, and in the UK. came to one of our uh, events that we did in Liverpool uh, just a few years ago. Um, so this will be the first time I've worked with him, yeah. Wow, that's going to be very exciting for you, isn't it? I'm really excited about it. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't mean to wish my life away, but October can't come soon enough. <laughs> I know, I know. We're like a kid at Christmas, aren't we? When the when these Elvis things we come are. around, we can't wait for it to come. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, I was like that when I I, I worked with the the Sweet Inspirations. I worked with them several times, and oh, right. uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's actually footage on YouTube of me, uh, and it's way back in 2004. In 2005, and me and the band were nervous because they were flying straight into a great Yarmouth to Elvis Week at Hemsby, and they I, I picked them up from the from the airport, said hello to them and everything. In fact, there's a funny story where I was putting the suitcases in the back of the car, and uh, Myrna stopped me and she said, uh, "Can I just get something out of the case?" I said, "Sure," and it was a bottle of red wine. And by the time we got to the holiday camp, she was gone. She was <laughs> out of it. She, <laughs> Well, going back to the show, um, they, she met the band. They they met the band, I should say, ten minutes before we went on stage. No rehearsal, but obviously we knew that our keys for the songs were the same as Elvis's, so um, it worked quite well. And then we worked with them again the following year, and then just a couple of years ago we worked with uh, the Holiday Sisters. And I'll be meeting up with uh, Mary and Ginger this weekend for Elvis's birthday here in Memphis. I actually interviewed Ginger three or four weeks ago for the channel. Lovely lady. She really is. She's 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 great. She's beautiful and uh, great, great fond memories of, uh, of her and Elvis's time in the recording studio together. In fact, it was when I worked with them, I didn't I didn't realise that they, they'd actually worked with Elvis right up until his last recordings in 76, Well, Ginger certainly did. And I would I always thought for some reason it was just nineteen sixty eight, but it, that's far from the truth. Mm. And, and I mean, um imagine the first recording gig with Elvis was to record backing vocals on a little insignificant number called Suspicious Minds. I said that to Ginger <laughs> on the interview and she laughed. She said, Yeah, a little insignificant number. Amazing, really, isn't it? Well, they, her and Elvis didn't realise at the time what a, what a great song, a legendary song yeah. that was going to turn to yeah. be. And yeah, she must, she must smile every time she's walking in the supermarket and that comes on or whatever. <laughs> Very and, lucky lady. And she told, she told a great story of her and Elvis uh, recording the duet of uh, the first time ever I saw your face as well. Lovely, sto- lovely story. Yeah, she touched you told me that. In fact, we did a we did a little bit of that together as well at the show. We we uh, we sang a little bit of that song together as well. And uh, but I stopped it halfway through. I said, "No, I'm stopping this now." I said because it's never going to be as good as Elvis. So we left about <laughs> that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all know there's only one Elvis, don't we? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Um, listen, let me ask you about this uh, album that you recorded at Seven O Six Union Avenue a couple of years ago. Yeah, my it's funny because we recorded that on my my wife's uh, wedding anniversary. She said, "What well, she said, what we're going to do on our wedding anniversary while we're in Memphis?" I said, "We're going to record an album." And she said, "What?" <laughs> I said, I've, "I've booked some studio time to to record an album." And luckily, my wife Sarah Lee, she's she's great. She's a massive Elvis fan. In fact, she came to it's long before I did, and uh, it was her who got me to come to Memphis in the first place. And um, she she enjoyed it. She was there taking photographs and filming while we were in the studio. And we were, we were talking with the engineers and uh, talking Elvis and talking Roy Orbison and Jerry Lee and Carl Perkins and all those great legends who have stood in that fantastic room. 
And uh, did you record it in one day or was it like a couple of days? No, overnight. I recorded it overnight on the eighth of August. Wow, wow, that's that's un that, that's un that's unbelievable. You could you know sort of put together an album in in that sort of short time, really. Well, yeah, I mean, it was it, it, it was planned because I didn't I didn't want to spend all my because we take our kids with us to to Memphis as well because they they've become massive Elvis fans over the years, and um, you know I, I didn't want to spend too much time in the studio. I, I was willing to spend two days. To, to work out into two days and it, as it turned out we, we, we recorded overnight as for as long as I wanted and I was just working on 12 songs and I managed to record 27 songs in total because we planned it so far in advance I knew exactly what we were doing and the keys and the beginnings and the endings and everything and uh, that's that's the way it went and uh, I'm, uh, feel again I feel very honoured that I can do something like that It must have been spine tingling standing in that studio and singing songs because I remember when I went in there and I stood on the little cross that they have marked where Elvis stood mm. I could feel the hairs on the back of my head going up <laughs> you know so what it must have been oh, like for you recording in there wow yeah I mean recording there I was thinking that but I was I was, I was thinking I could I could sort of picture Elvis in my, my, my mind's eye and then I'd look over in the corner and I see a picture of Charlie Rich on the wall and I recorded one of his songs while I was there and I was picturing Charlie Rich singing singing, um, singing his head off and then uh, Jerry Lee Lewis pumping away on the piano there mm, and uh, yeah. I could just see all these legends before me and but you know wow it's you know I'm, I'm getting all tingly now talking about it We often forget don't we you know we, we always think Elvis but there were so many other legends that recorded in that studio you know Absolutely. Bef before yeah. and after Elvis, I mean, you know, they, I mean, they, they they always say that, you know, uh, they always say oh, that the first rock and roll record was maybe Elvis, but it wasn't. It was probably Rocket eighty eight. Rocket eighty eight, yeah. You know, and yeah. that that was recorded a, a few years before Elvis recorded. That's all right. It was. I tend to agree that being the first rock and roll record, without a doubt, yeah. And what a fantastic story about how they got that fuzz guitar sound was it actually an accident because the amp fell out of the the trunk on the way to the studio, and then uh, did they stuff the cone or something with uh, newspaper to try and repair it? And when they played it, Do you they, know, they, I didn't. They, I didn't they, they know thought, that. What is that sound? What is that sound? <laughs> wow. Well, well they, I've they learned something today that, because yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, they always reckon that some of the most brilliant things like that happen by accident, yeah. They do, they do. Wow, that's an interesting story. Mm. I need to look that up more, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, and the, the name of the album was, very appropriate, Made in Memphis, wasn't it? Well, that had to be, didn't it? <laughs> yeah, of course it did. And <laughs> yeah. actually, you can get that on your website, which we will link below this video for you as well. You can, but you know, I'm not. You know, I'm not one for selling and pushing albums. Really, if people want to buy albums, they'll ask you for it, and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll they'll take it. But if people just want to listen to my music, I'm happy with that as well. So, why not not buy it? Why don't you just go to Spotify and play it for free and have a listen? Oh, yeah. Because it's that's it's that's what it's there for. I just I just want people to listen to my music and um, and because there's some original songs on there that were written for me as well. Uh, I didn't only just record um, any Elvis and Jerry Lee and, and Charlie Rich songs. I recorded some of my own material as well, which was which was a nice thing to do, you know. Yeah, yeah, great. So yeah, that's a great idea. Great idea. Now uh, let me. I know you haven't been there long yet, and you you've had a uh, quite a long flight, so you must be tired. But what's the what's the the buzz in in Memphis uh, today? 
Well, I've, I've been out and about today. And it's very, very quiet. I think people are hitting town tomorrow, right. which will be obviously when this this recording goes out, it would have all all happened. And the the big day, of course, is tomorrow. But um, the the birthday the birthday week is a lot different to um, to Elvis week in general. Um, there's a lot less people um, for obvious reasons. It's a lot colder. And a lot of people are back at work after Christmas. Um, you still get a, a great turnout on the day for um, the proclamation at Graceland. And I've heard a little whisper that there's going to be a big surprise. Um, I don't know if it's true or not. I'll probably be proven wrong. But I've heard that Riley might be turning up. But whether that's true or not, I don't know. Right. Right, yeah, because Riley uh, did the uh, Christmas at Graceland, didn't she? She did, yeah. What did you think? What yeah, did you think yeah. of that? Do you know what, mate? I enjoyed it. I, I did enjoy it. Um, I know there's a lot of talk about the guy jumping in the pool. It was pre, pre-planned. I'm not sure about jumping in the pool with the guitar, if any of the young ones are listening or, or watching whatever they were doing, um, if it's supposed to go out to a new audience, and they see a guy jumping in the pool with an electric guitar, I don't think that's a good advertisement. Mm, exactly, yeah, very dangerous. electric shot kind of thing. But, but yeah, but, you know, it, it was pre-planned. It was asked. He wouldn't have done it off, off, the, off, off the cuff. And uh, I thought it was a great show. Um but my only problem with it is whenever you hear people pushing Elvis songs at Graceland, it's always Blue Christmas or Santa Claus is back in town and now and again Merry Christmas Baby. Why don't we ever hear people singing Holly Leaves and Christmas Trees or If I Get Home on Christmas Day? That that really bugs me because, to me, they are great songs. They really are. And um, I, I think they should be heard as well. But I, I have soft spots for things like, you know, If I Get Home on Christmas Day, Holly Leaves and Christmas Trees is another one. You know, they're all... Yeah, they're all great songs, is right. Yeah, the wonderful world of Christmas, and you know, on a snowy Christmas night. Wow, love mm, it. Mm. He, he, his voice just suited those uh, Christmas songs, I believe. Yeah, you know, I, you know, I've heard reports over the years that Elvis was bored and he wasn't really interested in, re- in recording these songs. But I, I tend to disagree. I thought, I thought he did a great job on them. Yeah, I really do. Yeah, yeah. Right now, young man, I know, as I say, you've had a long flight and I'm sure you're tired. Uh, what, what have you got? What have you got planned for the rest of the day? Because it, it's probably only about one. It's only about one p.m. lunchtime there, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So uh, for the rest of the day, I'm, I'm just chilling, really. I've been out doing a bit of shopping this morning. Oh, I, um, I've got to tell you hello from Tish. I was talking to uh, Tish, my oh. husband, Barrier, and uh, I told her that I was going to be talking to you. So she says send steve my love so oh, there yeah. you go Lo- she's a lovely girl lovely girl yeah well i say girl but uh, she, she actually she'd get a kick out of me calling her a girl actually she would yeah she's 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 more sprightly than anybody i've ever known to be honest yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i asked i asked her how um um nurse mariam was doing as well and she said she's okay she's you know she's quite forgetful these days she is in a nursing home I went to see her last August, and uh, she, she she was fine, and she's she's about the same, you know. But you know, she's in her nineties, bless her, and she's a, a lovely, another lovely lady. Two of Elvis's nurses at the finest. Yeah, now that's another thing I find as well. Whenever you speak to the people, like the the people I've spoken to on this channel, they're all such lovely people. You know, like Ginger Alden, Ginger Holiday, uh, Marlin Mason. They're all just lovely, lovely people. They really are. You couldn't wish to meet nicer people, really. You couldn't, and you know what? They they they're really happy about meeting the fans as well, and you can you can tell that they really loved Elvis, and they will they will do till their dying day. And you know what? They, you can tell that Elvis loved them as well. It yes. really comes across. Yeah. Um, Elvis, you know, I've always said Elvis for everyone, and uh, I'm sure Elvis loved everybody who we ever met. Well, on that note, I think I'll let you go and chill. 
and say enjoy the rest of your time in Memphis during Elvis's birthday week. They always say break a leg as well for your two um, <laughs> your two gigs at Marlowe's. Oh, thanks, Paul. And can I just say on behalf of everybody who watches your show and listens in and tunes in and uh, every Sunday, it's an absolute pleasure to watch and listen to you and everybody that gets involved in your show. You really do. Uh, people's fans um, how can I say this on our toes in a really really good way because you keep us up to date with all the news and everything what's happening and you turn what could be a boring Sunday night into something rather special don't ever forget it wow that's that's very very kind thanks thanks Colin well, it's the truth, and, and, and I can see I can see in the in the chat thing now that everybody will be saying, you know, Colin, I agree with you. So I'd like to wish you and all your your listeners or watchers, or viewers, is the word I'm looking for. It's just come to me a very very happy new year, and I hope to see a lot of you throughout the year. Thanks, mate. Alrighty. All the best, Mel. All the best, Paul. Take okay. care. Bye bye. Thanks once again to Colin for joining me on Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. I'd like to extend an invite to everybody listening to join me on Sunday's live shows on the YouTube channel. I'd love to hear from you during the call-in section when we discuss all things Elvis. That's all for this week. I hope you can join me next time for another episode from Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel. Elvis the Ultimate Fan Channel